1: All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have Jeff Davis with us from BridgeStone Capital. Jeff is here to talk about something that we don't often talk about on the podcast which is supply chain. Um you know, we just we just got through the COVID debacle and uh, that really brought supply chain to the forefront um a lot of people's minds just because we had such a supply chain issue. Um so Jeff has a lot of insight into how supply chain can kind of affect the uh, The real estate industry, obviously, supply chain or real estate, is very integral to the supply chain. So I'm super excited to jump into this. Jeff, thank you very much for hopping on.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to to, to talking with you for a little bit.
1: All right. Um, I told you before we got on here, we like to hear how people got started. Um, I know you got a good story, so why don't you take us back to yeah. the beginning of your career? Um, how'd you get started in real estate?
0: Yeah. So I'll kind of go back further than that. I grew up in New Orleans. And in right. 2005, we got hit with Hurricane Katrina.
1: Katrina, yep.
0: And uh, so I moved to Houston, packed up everything I owned in a box, moved to New- uh, Houston. Water-soaked. Box. Knocking. <laughs> 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 moved to Houston, started knocking on some doors, and... Uh, A logistics company said that they would hire me, and that's how I got into logistics and supply chain. I just started doing data entry. I really like solving problems for people, and and that's what I ended up doing for an entire career for 20 years is solving complex problems for large global organizations. Uh, And that's, you know, we were never the popular kids until COVID hit, right? Then everybody knew what he did for, you're for like, twenty oh, years. Oh shit! Nothing's
1: working. Somebody else.
0: <laughs> all of a sudden, I was having meetings with CEOs of large global organizations. Uh, but it was very cool, right? All of a sudden, my family knew what I did for a living.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you guys became the star. Once, uh, it's one of those things, you know, having a well-run supply chain is one of those things that you don't really know how valuable it is until it doesn't work, and all of a sudden you're like, oh <laughs> crap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who do we need to call?
1: <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that's a great background. How did you go from supply chain to, um, to real estate?
0: Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, so I was in sales and, and um, business and the economy and sales. It's a volatile thing. And I had a growing family. And so I started just taking commission checks, saving them up. And, and we started buying rentals. I liked the idea of having a a third and fourth and fifth check that I wasn't going to reduce. So just having additional income, learned about the tax benefits of that. Um, And so I was never going to fire myself, you know, and and reading rich dad, poor dad was essential to that. I had a more stable income. I could give myself a raise and my commissions could Earn commissions. Yep,
1: and uh, you know, coming from a sales background, um, I feel like that is it's a good story because everybody thinks that real estate is outside. You know, it's only reserved for people that have millions of dollars, trust funds, you know, doctors, neurosurgeons, something like that. Only they can invest in real estate, but really, it's everybody. Real estate is a good investment vehicle for anybody out there. Um, and you're obviously a great example. I'm an example. I came from from corporate America, so you don't need to have a specific background. You just need to do it. You just need to get in the saddle, buy yourself some some rental properties. Um, single actually, family is not. Nope. Sorry. Yeah, keep going.
0: I was gonna say I actually want to speak to the sales professionals because, from a tax basis, our commissions get taxed at a much higher percentage, hmm. and when you're investing those into real property. Then you can really get those to not only earn more income, but there's a benefit on the tax basis year over year.
1: I did not know that. So your commissions from a you know as a salesperson, the commissions that you make, it's higher than just normal income.
0: That it's taxed so tax, on a higher tax basis. Higher? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you earn ten thousand dollars in commissions, you're you're going to get hit with about a forty percent tax basis.
1: Jesus. Um, All
0: right. So we just actually had a
1: technical glitch there. Um, I don't know if you guys have Telegram on your guys' computers, but sometimes it just blows up and drives me insane. So I just had to <laughs> pause the recording and, uh, and kick it off my computer. Uh, but Jeff, we were talking about um, sales. You were talking about how you used that in order to get, you know, start buying those single family. I know you didn't end up there. You went from single family to multifamily. What was the trans- transition?
0: So the transition was when I really got more active into single family, began flipping and thought, all right, well, if I could flip these properties and make some big pops, so then I started selling my rentals and again, making that big pop so I could transition out of uh, you know the W-2. But I was always starting from ground zero and I was so busy. That I just couldn't scale. Yep. So I I called some friends of mine who I had been watching start from ground zero to closing two large multifamily deals in one year, and called them and asked, "What am I doing wrong, man? You guys are have gone from zero to about 400 units in one year, and they had explained just the entire scalability of the operation and and teamwork and the beauty of a commercial real estate portfolio. Uh, and that's how I went. So I completely exited the single family lifestyle.
1: Yep. You kind of saw the ability that, on the commercial <laughs> side to get the scale and you're like, all right, this is where I need to go.
0: This is where I need to go.
1: Nice. I love it. Um, so, I mean, within that, you, uh, you mentioned teamwork, you mentioned roles. Um what were kind of the role that you, did you, when you got on to the, the multifamily side, did you stick within the sales or uh, how did you guys kind of structure your, your investing partnerships?
0: Yeah. So it takes a little while, right? A lot of it is, is meeting people and, and identifying your strengths and playing to those and meeting people who have different strengths and understanding the roles in a multifamily transaction. And, and my strength is deal-making. I've been making deals for, for almost two decades now, just on a different business. And so that's my strength. And, and I do well working with brokers and deal sourcing. And so other people, that's not their strength. And their strength is underwriting and deal analysis. And uh, other people have a strength at project management. And then that's their strength. And working with vendors and and timelines and deadlines So understanding what everybody's background is, usually in corporate America, and what they've done successfully, and having that team come together, that's been very fun. But yes, to answer your question, my strength has always been deal sourcing and filling up a pipeline and seeing that pipeline through. Yep.
1: Yeah, it definitely takes... um... You know, the the more specific you can you can hone your skills, the better you fit into a team. I um, I really like that because you find the thing that you're good at, you enjoy, and then you find the things you don't like, and somebody else will like that thing. They'll be good at it, and if you guys come together, you'll be greater than the sum of your parts. Um, so, I kind of want to tie back into the supply chain topic. You know, you had that background in supply chain, you got into multifamily. Let's tie those two together. How do you see the supply chain issues um, affecting real estate and how can an investor, you know, somebody out there looking to buy multifamily, self-storage, whatever, how can they use knowledge of the supply chain to better improve their investing?
0: So I think we all saw the bottlenecks. Everybody saw that there was a huge backlog, not only of vessels, but of materials, which was mm. caused by backlogs in China. Labor,
1: construction prices man through the roof
0: construction prices and everything and that was caused by inflation of labor costs overseas and delays oh okay lead times and uh and ultimately even shipping costs shipping costs went up 10x since last year wow now on the bright side uh that went up and it took about Nine months for that to hit the consumer market. So finally, it hit the consumer market about Q2 of this year. Hence, inflationary pressures that we're all talking about now. So supply chain was the big discussion last year and early this year, and inflation is the discussion point this year. Yeah, now, as of June uh, and and into now, shipping prices have tumbled 80%. That's good. And so if you if you follow that timeline, then what you're going to see is that the same prices should reflect in the reduction in overall consumer prices in the next 9 to 12 months, which hopefully the Fed will start to look backwards and begin to reduce those interest rates by 12 to 15 months from, from then.
1: So you're seeing, you know, right now, um, I think we're at 7% if I remember right. I think I checked a couple of days and it was like six, nine, nine or something like that. Um, Rattles. yeah, yep. The, the interest rates. And so, right. so you're seeing in the next 12 months, it should start to take a dip.
0: Believe the fed will begin to reduce rates in the next 12 months, Q3 of next year.
1: That is uh that is good news because I actually just lost out on the deal because the, the rates uh went up so much in the in the interim between the time I got it under contract yep, mm-hmm. and the time that we are uh right now. So that it's is difficult.
0: Good. It's it difficult is. to make it. Make Debt is is killing some deals.
1: Yep. Um, and but it's only killing the marginal deals. I will say that this was a marginal deal. I just really wanted to get in this, in this metro. Um, and so if you really have a solid deal that, you know, the one or two points isn't going to make a huge difference, um, then, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to kill your deal. But on the ones that are, are marginal that you might not be, you know, serving yourself best going into it, um, then it will definitely kill those deals. So with, uh, Something that comes up in my mind when you're talking about supply chain um, is industrial. I'm really, you know, excited about industrial. I've been, I invest a lot in self storage and mo- uh, mobile home parks, but I've been looking at industrial just because I like, uh, I like the business model. I, I like the idea of it, um, and I know that there's been a lot of construction out there on the industrial side. Do you yeah. use, uh, you know, shipping hubs? Um, Anything like that to to kind of inform your investing on the multifamily side?
0: That's a fantastic question. I have not looked at that, but I can tell you being in Houston, the industrial space uh, has been blowing up for the past 10 years. You know, uh, Houston's a massive ship channel Mm -hmm. and uh, importers and exporters are moving here away from the West Coast for the past 10 years. Hmm. it's it's just a a huge growth area we have a lot of land it's cheap land and uh the amazon effect is here it's everywhere so you've got that aspect of industrial uh and we're also a large petrochemical base which which lends to a lot of uh warehouse needs
1: interesting and you guys invest mostly in uh in houston correct
0: Yes. I target, I target Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, metropolitan areas.
1: Gotcha. Makes sense. I, uh, I actually just bought last year. I bought my first property in Dallas and I really like that market. I'm sure Houston's yeah. uh, just as good.
0: Yeah. All right. Congrats well, I just a- on your deal in Dallas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We bought two self storage facilities. Um, and, uh, awesome. they're, they're, they're kicking butt. I, uh, you know, Dallas is it's a great market. Pretty much anywhere in Texas, I feel like they're just double digit um, net migrations. You can't go wrong out there.
0: The population growth alone in Texas really makes it a very attractive investor market. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And it's most uh, it's most markets I've found. You know, Dallas and mm-hmm. Houston, San Antonio, those are the big ones. But um, even smaller yes. ones are are seeing those double digit growth. So it's awesome. Uh, it's good for good for Texas. Yeah. All right. I did just take a peek at the clock. We have gone through our 15 minutes. So it's time for us to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Now I'm nervous. Oh, man. It's all good. It starts with books. You've already given us one, so you'll have no problem with it. Give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific.
0: Uh, general life wisdom, got to go with the Bible. I mean, <laughs> that, that is fantastic wisdom. I, I read bible every day i'm in titus right now proverbs for wisdom if you've never read Proverbs, man very good wisdom uh so and then for investing uh rich dad poor dad it is a great starter book it is a classic and you know robert kiyosaki is still out there and it's a book that has everybody uh a great start and he's still on that book right it yep. still gives him a uh, credibility. And I think it's what, 20 years old? Something Is like it older? that.
1: It's, uh, yeah. it's the start to many people's investing journey. Journey. Even a yeah. lot of people on the podcast have recommended Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it's, uh, it's a good, it's how I got started. It's a good, uh, mm-hmm. it's a good overview. Um, it won't give you I the tactics. Right? Oh, I yeah. gave it to my
0: 15 year old, right? I gave it to my 15 year old. It's like, please read this and and absorb it. Yep.
1: <laughs> just do this this is Please. this is the way to take your your career all right that moves us on to the next oh, wait, did you not oh, you got the Bible and rich dad poor dad love it all right, moving on to the next one. This is for your younger self, so if you could go back to the Jeff who was just starting out in his sales career, he hadn't bought his first property, go up to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice, moving forward
0: mm. listen more, talk less and um. Yeah, that's it. Listen more, talk less.
1: That's good. Yeah. It's amazing how much you can uh, you can learn when you start to really actively listen in the conversation. And that one leads us to your superman strength. Um, you know, usually our our weaknesses and our strengths are very intimately tied. So, we are all gifted with strengths that we uniquely give this world. What is your superman strength?
0: Uh, I guess in a way I'm kind of fearless you know, um, not brave, but I do things that other people they, they say that it's you know, I guess I'm putting myself out there or I don't have a problem speaking, you know. That's it's good, that sales that's guy a good mentality,
1: right? To be in, yeah, being sales. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm that not like a, a soldier, right? You know, soldiers go out and fight wars. And so you know you, you have to put this in context but i could never do that i'm i'm a total wuss when it comes to that so let's be very very honest with each other there's I'm different kinds talking. of courage there's different kinds of courage so if that's con- if this is considered courage i guess i have that
1: all right i love it we'll take it and move on to the next one this is Mentors. None of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. Um, you know, As you come up in your career, you're going to meet people that really yeah. help you move along. So give a shout out to one mentor that really moved your career along.
0: Uh, just one. Man, so many, right? Well, not a mentor. My wife is behind me all the time. She keeps me in check. As salespeople, we tend to get a little bold emboldened mm-hmm. in our success. Uh it's nice to come home to a wife who keeps me in check. I have five kids. Babies tend to keep your keep keep you humble. But moving my career, um, uh, my sales managers, I've had good ones. And uh even in downtimes and uh, they've they've helped me along in making sure that I succeed in, in close deals. And then the Jake and Gino community's been really good too uh, and, and provide like Bill Hamm and Anthony Vecino. Awesome guys.
1: Awesome, man. Shout out to Jeff's wife, his managers and Jake and Gino. Um, I had actually, I think it was Gino on the podcast. They are, they're pretty good. Um, that moves us to the next question. This is, I always lose my spot. There we go. It is tools. We all, you know, tools are the backbone of every business. Um, so what is one tool you could not live without?
0: Right now, uh my phone solid <laughs> very <laughs> few of us can live without our phone. That's for sure. There is no living without this phone
1: yeah i uh a couple of people have said that, and every time I just think like how do people do business before the phone was invented like did the, the smartphone? how'd you guys do it? I have no idea um a it lot more slower. a lot more respect yeah, it's well, a it lot slower.
0: slower business was slower back then. And now, yep. you know, we, we moved as fast as we can, yep. you know, that's how fast business moves.
1: Yep. The, the speed of the fingers is how fast business moves. Yeah. All right. And that leads us to the second to last question. This is the United States locations. It's a big place out there. A lot of opportunity to invest. What is one Metro that you are most excited about investing in today?
0: Well, I'm in Texas, but I would like to expand into some markets on the East Coast, like a like a Charleston. Uh, I think that's a cool area, and and I'd like to get out there.
1: Yep, actually, Charleston you know, is one of the places that um, I is like top on my list just because it is such a cool city. I I, I know yeah. that you know it's it does have good metrics, but even if it didn't have good metrics, I would I, still want to buy there.
0: Right, and i think that's it right like i want to buy there and then um so i'm not mature enough yet as a business to start expanding out uh luckily i've had the the good fortune to get into some group partnerships that we were talking about offline and i could see it happening in in very near future
1: nice well yeah. uh, hopefully hopefully that comes about for you guys all right, that brings us to the very last question. This is for the listeners. Um, you've given us a lot of good advice, a lot of things to think about. I'm sure people out there want to reach out and say hi. What is the best way for them to do that?
0: Yeah. Uh go check out multifamilyadvice.com. Multifamilyadvice.com. I've got an awesome report there on why exactly we like uh syndications, why we like multifamily. Uh and I know I've mentioned tax benefits. Uh, I can't express to you how awesome that aspect of it is. Just but I got seven reasons written a white paper on it. And uh, just go check it out. Download it. It's free.
1: Perfect multifamilyadvice.com. I will put that in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out, just click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find Jeff's URL. Right on, Jeff. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the com. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make.